Marcus Burnett, I'm here with Brandon Clay, 2016 edition of the Brandon Clay Report. Brandon, a new year, same mission, man. How's it going? Hey, you know, we just in here grinding. <laughs> As always, man. And and uh, speaking of grinding, you know, Green Label was able to catch up, touch base with you on some of that grind as, as well as your thoughts uh, on, on the perspective that you have as a result of it, man. It, uh, you know, very insightful article, in my opinion, in terms of, you know, looking at some of the different elements of what you cover, not only with Peach State basketball, but just with, you know, the, the different elements that you, you cover when it comes to culture. Your thoughts on that, that Coach's Corner segment on Green Label? Well, you know what's really cool? I got the call, and we've been working on this project, Marcus, and you'll see more to come with some articles tying in sports and pop culture. We've been working on it since August, but finally be able to get it out and get it to fruition. Uh, it's just a really cool thing, for lack of a more descriptive or articulate term. There's so many things to talk about. I think Drake hit it on the head. Music and sports are so synonymous because we want to be them and they want to be us. And music could be entertainment as a whole. People that are leading the way in the culture, I think, really sums that lineup for me personally. So as we started chopping up the whole Green Label concept, it's more than just the on-floor performance. Now, the on-floor performance, I think, ties directly into why these guys are important, whether it's a Cam Newton wearing those slippers, uh, you know, at his press conference, whether it's Russell Westbrook with the white bow tie at his wedding. No, there's just a lot of different things that we're going to touch. So I'm excited about the direction that we'll take with Green Label. Yeah, it used to be when you were talking about player style, a lot of times that was the style on court. You know, you, you look back at MJ, whether it was the longer shorts or, 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 or the way the gum was chewed, whatever the case may be, it was a lot of stuff that was done on court or in the flow of the game. Now, with the, with the, 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 the rising of social media, player style has taken a totally different uh, meaning when it comes to the, the day that we live in these days. Well, and you're seeing, you know, I just still saw the on-floor influence um, before he got banned, Kobe with those long compression types, and now we're all wearing those. Every time I go to hoop, you know, I see four or five dudes, myself included, man, I got the compression tights on underneath my shorts. So, you know, even though that's going away on four, we're still doing it, um, you know, on the floors and on the hardwood and concrete all around the country and the world. Off the floor, though, because now press conferences are shown in their entirety on various news outlets. Everything that, you know, they're showing guys walking into the arena now, getting the full 15-second clip of Kobe walking in. Instagram has got Kobe's pregame outfit, postgame outfit. You're seeing these guys really out as a part of the culture, even when they're going to concerts, they're going to other people's games and other sports. You know, it could be an MMA fight, any number of things, right? And so you're seeing guys really take pride in it. You know, I look at I say Kobe because I think he's one of the leaders. Uh, Carmelo, Steph Curry, Durant, Russell Westbrook really is the one that sticks out to me. I talked about that in the article, and we'll have another article on Russ coming soon. Those guys are really pushing the envelope in terms of what they're doing. And I think that the music, you know, you talk about Jay-Z with the Chris Perry jeans, button up, stops on my feet, the excitement complete. What more can I say? Play the beat. That was on the Black Album, you know, back in the, the mid part of the 2000s. That's really influenced the culture. You know, make your mama proud. Take that T-shirt two sizes down. The Walk It Out remix for Andre on there. And those things have really influenced what you're seeing even to today's game. You know, those are, are verses that were laid, you know, 10, almost 15 years ago in the case of the Black Album. So it's crazy to see how it's really stuck. 
we're talking about the gear side of things, you know, whether it's the, the Russell Westbrook outfit or Steph Curry uh, coming in crispy. Well, when it comes to the haircuts and the hairstyles, you know, we're also seeing some tone set there. Uh, in, in the article, you talked about that 2015 Duke starting five cut, which which I think everybody should kind of know when you think when I first read that, I'm like, you know, I thought of all of those guys and. Winslow popped into my head, then Okafor, and I'm like, man, he nailed, he nailed it on the head there. Yeah, they did a great job with that one, man. That was definitely a signature. Uh, and it is rare, right? You know, when I mentioned Kid and Play in the, the article, um, you know, Will Smith, so like it's rare, though, that you get a whole group of people who all have the same chop, man, and between Jones, Okafor, Winslow, I mean, they literally all had the same chop. You know, it was it was cool. It was interesting, for lack of a better term, but when, when you win the national title, right, and you have that type of stage, you can set trends. And I, and I think that's the biggest takeaway for me in all of this is the people who are winning on the floor are the ones who can set the trends. You see what Steph Curry is, is doing, you know, with his style, his fashion, and even the ball handling stuff before the game now that's getting so much run socially, right? Well, he's helping the game in that regard. Um, you know, you got kids all around the country practicing two-ball dribbling, trying to be Steph Curry before the game. And, and I think that's really what I've taken away from, even with the hairstyles. If you're the person in charge, you're the one that's putting up the numbers, everybody's going to want to be like you. I saw, uh, you know, a young kid, Jason Taylor, the other night, had like two parts in his head, a couple of like designs and circles, and just all kinds of stuff, right? And he's one of the best players in the country in 2016. So please believe that the folks back home in St. Louis, those kids are paying attention to that. Now they're going to want the Tatum haircut. It's just cool how that works. Yeah, it trickles down. You mentioned Tatum. Uh, another McDonald's All-American and all Tariq Gilbert, a little bit closer to home here in Atlanta, also kind of giving you that, uh, you know, that 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 Duke starting five slash baby D Rose and Anthony Davis from last year, just kind of letting it do what it does, lining it up and moving from there. Hey, it's amazing to see how many of those guys, and again, trendsetters, man. You know, there are only so many ways that you can cut your hair, right? So, you know, when you see those guys doing that and they're winning and they're getting love on their social media outlets and accounts for how they look, you know, you're going to take some notes. It's only right. So let's take it to the flip side of that because I respect the guys that are, uh, you know, that, that, that set trends and that do them, you know, whether it's the haircut or, or the style. But I can also respect being an even Steven guy myself. How, you know, the guys that just kind of keep it plain. Uh, you know, I look at a, a Kawhi Leonard who, you know, has the cornrows that a lot of times can, can, can draw a few jokes uh, on social media, whatever the case may be. But it's safe to say his lack of uh, distinction when it comes to his hair uh, hasn't really hurt him any in terms of his game and how he represents. No, well, then, you know, I think Kawhi is a great example there. Um, you know, he just he just is who he is, and he's going to do what he does. And, yeah. you know, at least for the time being, man, those cornrows are going to stay. And you look at a guy like James Harden, you know, you, the beard, man, beard, the beard. At first, I was like, why is that stuff going on in his face? What is that? <laughs> and now he's got full commercials and an entire series of stuff that has been dedicated to, you know, his wearing that, I mean, his being, once again, on full performance for both of those guys, Leonard in the senior national team discussion, Harden obviously in the discussion for the senior national team, U.S., that is, the Olympics that will be held later on this summer. And, and when you're playing at that level, you put yourself in a position to set trends. And you know, the stuff all comes back around, man. I'm still wearing Jordans that I was wearing in, like, the mid-'90s. It's just, you know, they're retros now, but it's the same shoe, right? 
So before you know it, man, somebody's going to pull an Iverson, and they're going to rock the braids and the cornrows, and they're going to be back. And Kawhi Leonard will be back in style, even though he never left. And segueing on, you mentioned James Harden, that big uh, shoe deal that uh, that he got with uh, Adidas, uh, part of that including a lifestyle shoe as, as well. You being a sneakerhead, but also uh, you know having a good pulse of the culture when it comes to the lifestyle shoe. Talk about that element and how we're seeing some of these unprecedented deals be set for some of these players, aside from the on-court shoe, the lifestyle joints. Easy, easy, easy. Just jumped over jump, man. You know, I think when you look at you know what you know Kanye with Adidas, and, and we'll touch that in a second. But obviously, Drake now with Jordan, Harden with Adidas. So, you know, again, all across the culture, not just basketball guys, not just football guys. I uh, think Cam Newton with the Under Armors, you know, where he's dabbing on the side of them. The shirt with him and, uh, you know, he's got the, you know, the, the little boy now. You know, him and his, you know, what would be son dabbing. Um, you know, there's so many ways to tie what's going on in the culture. You know, dad being the, the whole lineage of songs from me goes, uh, the latest being, look at my dad, wrote, wrote on PSB Pop Culture for that one. It's cool to watch it all tie together. And, you know, those guys are getting paid top dollar to endorse those products because, again, when they set the trends and they produce on-field, on-floor, in-studio, on-tour, people want to emulate that success. And they want to wear what the stars are wearing. So you're seeing James Harden get 13-year, 200 mil. Kanye mentions them in the song. James Harden running up the budget. You know, one of his uh, endorsement partners now over there at Adidas. You know, Nick Young, Swaggy P, you know, with Iggy Azalea, turned himself into a pop culture guy that even though his play as of late hasn't reflected it, you know, he wears the Yeezy Boot 750s in his first game after signing with Adidas and makes major noise on social media. So there are so many ways to attack the culture for these you know, companies who are all competing with each other for the disposable income and the feet and the gear that we're all wearing. You look at the the variety of shoes out there. You got a pretty impressive collection yourself. You listed uh, that your favorite out there, though, is the Jordan uh, the Jordan Eleven collection. You know, kind of elaborate on that a little bit. And those those things, I mean, oh, I, I don't even have words for them. It's, it was just so far ahead. You know, when you look back at it in hindsight, you know, those Space Jam Jordans, and obviously the movie you know, did a lot for him when he was in there, but the shoe itself, and you break down to the essence, the patent leather gives it just enough futuristic feel, but it's still a functional shoe. You can actually play in it. It's relatively light, like it's not, you know, a lightweight shoe, but it also isn't a clunker. Like, you try to hoop in the Air Jordan 1s, and it's tough. Like, those shoes are hard on the bottom, right? So by the time they got to the 11, Tinker Hatfield and those guys, they had done some really good stuff in terms of really opening up the design, but then also keeping them comfortable. You know, so if you wanted to open them, you could. Uh, you know, I've got the Concords. I got the, the Lowe's re-release, man. I got the Breads. I got, you know, I got like nine different pairs, um, different colorways and, and mid-top and low-top. Obviously, the, the Yeezy Boost, you know, I thought maybe the most difficult sneaker of all time um, to get. You know, the Jordan 11s are still my favorite, but in terms of difficult sneaker to get, fortunately, my connect. Uh, down there in Florida came through for me, man, before the prices jumped. But I wrote an article on PSP Pop Culture that was, it talked about just them flying off the shelves. And, and now, Marcus, they're running anywhere from 1500 to 2000 at retail for the low tops. Some of the high tops running for as much as 3500 on resale. Man, you can't get a hold of them. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, 
that about sums it up. You know, it makes me think about that comedic skit where Kevin Hart is talking about, uh, you know, hanging out with D Wade and how, you know, the, some of the purchases that D Wade was talking about making at that time were well beyond the budget and the realm of what he was looking at. When I think of $1,500 plus for a pair of shoes, that sounds great. It represents where the market is right now. But that's a conversation that sounds like a foreign language to me, man. <laughs> hey, that's, I, I, I have not seen, and to put this in context, I thought the. The hardest Jordan to get a hold of that came out this past year was Drake's OVO collection. Um, you know, the the tens actually hit the retail, and those are going for about five fifty or six hundred on the resale market right now. Which obviously, in in comparison, pales to what people are paying for Kanye's shoe. I just I've never seen a shoe go over that six hundred seven hundred dollar threshold that actually was released to retail stores. So. Definitely easy season over there at Adidas. Thing. He let you know about it on that song, Facts. He, he told us all about that, man. So let's look back. You know, we've obviously talked about the NBA player side of things and, and uh, you know, the scrutiny that is on, you know, their walk-up outfit, some of the different elements aside from their on-court experience. One of the things that I thought was an interesting dynamic you touched on uh, in that Green Label article is the fact that, from a mental and emotional standpoint, aside from social media talking about that outfit that you had when you when you uh, you walked up, that commercial, that marketing campaign, there's more criticism than ever in terms of your performance on the court or on the field of play nowadays. Your thoughts on the mental fortitude athletes have to have these days, given that fact? You just can't get too high or too low. And I think at the end of the day, Marcus, that's not something we can expect. A 15-year-old, 18-year-old, 21-year-old, heck, even a 30, 35-year-old to get on their own. You know, I talked about the term the dinner table and had an opportunity to talk with, you know, one of my favorite people in the world, Vanderbilt point guard Jasmine Jenkins, about this. And she texted me and said, I love that. You know, and sometimes you have to be able to be willing to stand on your own two feet and maybe do something that once again goes against the grain. You know, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard you know, off the floor, you know, in terms of his hairstyle, but just being willing to say no to things. You know, your your group is going to go out on a Friday night. You know, you got a big game that Saturday. you got the SAT in the morning. I mean, that's a big day, right? you got to hit a home run. You know what, y'all? I'm going to stay home tonight. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to keep it low-key. I'm going to get a good dinner. I might even play some video games, but I'm not going out. I need to be fresh. Just understanding, I think, that aspect. And then if you have a tough day or if you have a great day, right? Kimball Walker drops 50-plus this week. It doesn't mean you can now start skipping workouts because you're feeling it. Like, you need to continue to grind. And I think I think Steph Curry is a guy that we can look at. Even LeBron, in terms of LeBron's development as a basketball player, those are guys that you can tell that amidst all the success that they've had, they still have continued to work on their games. The numbers that Russell Westbrook is putting up in Oklahoma City are crazy. You can tell you know, despite the success and the true religion endorsement and the Westbrook frames, and he got married last year and just all that stuff, right? That stuff has not kept him from getting better. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing is having a support system around you where you continue to get better, whether you've been playing well, whether you've been playing poorly, whether things are going great, whether they're going terrible, you're still focused on development every single day when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed. Yeah, I think LeBron James 
And, uh, you know, the, the route of his career, I think that has really reflected that, that quote-unquote dinner table that you referred to in your article because he's had some ups, he's had some downs uh, with, the, with the greatness that his game brings. It also brings a ton of criticism in every way, shape, or form from PR moves to what he does on the court. You look at Maverick Carter, uh, you know, uh, Paul and those guys that are around him, they've been able to take some losses on the chin when it comes to the decision and some of the PR backlash of that and, you know, some of the years where LeBron was trying his best to get to a finals, to being able to see through those days and, and, and enjoy some of the ups that have come uh, w- w- with his career as well. So I think that's a great case in point of, of the ebb and flow that you're talking about. Well, of course, when I think when you talk about Maverick Carter, I read a great article uh, the other day, and I actually had a chance to speak with an executive at Pepsi, uh, you know, in the marketing department, you know, Kimberly, you know, Hobbs about this. Mav Carter's done such a great job of spearheading the movement for LeBron James. He's really been the go-to guy on the point in terms of the business decisions, and they've enlisted the right people around them. You know, we've talked about in the PSC Pop Culture Group message, Marcus, whether it's Paul Watcher, you know, obviously Rich Paul serving as the agent, Tristan Thompson underneath him. You know, they had a little setback this year with Johnny Manziel. They were really hoping that obviously from a Cleveland connection standpoint that that could be a win-win. They could get Manziel on, that he would be able to handle this business on and off the field and then obviously be able to pick up some of the endorsements that LeBron has uh, because there's a natural tie-in and a segue there, uh, you know, didn't happen. And instead of beating their head against the wall, you know what, hey, we need to go a different direction. Let's go ahead and make a change. And, uh, you know, understanding that and then executing those things for guys that are as young as they are from a corporate ladder executive standpoint, it's just been really refreshing to see them really handle their business to the point where Maverick Carter is invited to speak at the Harvard Business School. I'm sure he's as overwhelmed as anybody and, and honored at the opportunity, but they've really handled their, their one-two, as Stephen Peck would say, and they've done it with class and, and, and in fashion. Yeah, and I think you 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 look at what that that you know that that model. I think that that blueprint that LeBron and his inner circle had. You looked at John Wall, who has recently changed his management and is going to be giving a lot of his business manager duties over to uh, Ty Williams, who who he refers to as his brother, one of his closest friends. So I I, I think invitation is the most sincere form of flattery there when it comes to Wall saying, you know what, I like how LeBron did that uh, with his colleagues. Why not do the same thing with my circle? Yeah, well, and you talk about, you know, his, his group, that five-deep group, you know, where, you know, LeBron obviously has his management group. And, you know, the guys are getting smart. And, and, again, you have to have a certain credibility on the floor, but you also have to have the right people around you who can handle the pressure of sitting in the type of meetings those guys are sitting in with the type of numbers being tossed around, that whole Kevin Hart to the Wayne Wade thing. But you can't be overwhelmed with those numbers and you have to handle those numbers correctly. And when you do that, man, you know, it, it'll pan out for you. And, uh, you know, John Wall's another guy that, you know, if he can continue to progress in the right way and, and on-floor production is key, he's going to have an opportunity over the next five years to, to be one of the faces of the league, you know, from a marketing standpoint. He's got the charisma that you want now. It's just a matter of the Wizards continuing to win and get better, and obviously his contract will be up here shortly and figure out what he wants to do. But whatever it is, Winning an off-low production comes first. Uh, Gino Ariema from UConn taught me that some years back, and it holds true in every venue and every avenue of life. So we'll wrap up shortly, but on closing thoughts, 
We've talked about a lot of, uh, you know, ideas or, or topics that are on the national level. We'll still keep it national, but also keep it, uh, you know, relevant to the Peach State. You look at some of the national awards that have been garnered by, uh, you know, Georgia players uh, over the past week or so with both Kobe Simmons and Artariq Gilbert being selected for the McDonald's All-American team. And it makes you think about the pipeline of, of professional athletes and athletes playing at the collegiate level that have come out of Georgia. You touched on that in the Green Label article as well. You know, talk about what are some of the things that really help that pipeline continue to be strong out of the Peach State. I think the fact that those guys play each other, you know, they get out and they really bump them in at the age of 11, 12, 13, you know, our colleague Sean Williams with the events that he's running now, the, the you know, middle school events, he's got a, a tournament called the, the Icebreaker in March that he's hosting. It's just going to be middle school teams. There's going to be elite middle school teams. So when those guys get a chance to play each other, and then obviously some of the best teams from uh, around the East Coast, um, you know, whether it's, you know, a guy like Chad Babel up north with made hoops, does a great job once again with the middle school segment. So you're seeing those folks play early. And I think, Marcus, from where I sit, one of the things that we're able to deliver long-term for these kids is they start to come through the pipeline. You know, it could be a Lewis Williams, man. I see Lou dapping down, and I remember when he was 12 over, you know, playing with the Swanee Stars way back when. And just watching those guys understand that their life is a series of quality five-minute decisions. You know, they're watching Netflix, they're FaceTiming, you know, with whoever they're talking to, just chopping it up, joking, yo, I got to go to the gym. They go to the gym where there's somebody else from the city that's in there that's grinding. They get better. Um, and just putting them in a good position in that way. You know, I think for all of us in the community, that's something we could continue to do. And, and I talked about this in the last paragraph of the Green Label article. I think that's so much of what I've seen a guy like West Westwood do for players. Um, you know, obviously we've got the infrastructure basketball-wise to make sure that these guys and these young ladies are playing against the best of the best at an early age, and they're getting trained. And Adrian Penland's working with them on the floor. Christian Simmons, they're getting broadcast on SUV TV. We're talking about them on the Brandon Clay Report. Well, how do we continue to grow them so that they become the next John Wall, the next Maya Moore, the next LeBron James, where they can empower their circle and rightfully so to handle their business deals, their endorsement deals. And I think when we tie all that together, now we got something going on, man. So that's the biggest thing, honestly, that I'm seeing, you know, the competition level at an early age, the infrastructure for them to play, training, great instruction. And I think you're seeing that in a lot of the major cities nationwide. And then have great support systems as they continue to advance through the ranks so that they make quality decisions both on floor and off floor, all the way through the end of their playing career, and then even post career, a guy like Michael Jordan being the prime example. That about sums it up, man. I appreciate you joining us here uh, on the Brandon Clay Report. Always a pleasure to catch up, man. We we've been all over the place there in December, so nice to finally let the dust settle uh, here as we approach the end of January. Just to touch base on all things Green Label and uh, in, in pop culture. Hey, man. 14 states in Washington, D.C. I'm just glad to bring a ring home like I'm Corey Joe. Marcus Burnett, he's Brandon Clay, signing off.